You have about 17 seconds to wow them with your resume. In the job interview, the first three seconds are crucial. So today, how to make the biggest impact and get that job. This is the Seven Figures Podcast, Smart Money Strategies for Women with Sandy Waters. Mike McNamara, founder and CEO of Talent Boulevard, joins the conversation this week. Thank you so much for being here again with us. Yeah, thank you, Sandy. It's always a pleasure uh, to be here with you. I'm going to have you explain exactly what you do because you definitely do a lot. Yeah, so I do do a lot, and um, my business is really in thirds. Um, First third, and the most important third to me is I do a lot of charitable contribution and philanthropic work with my wife, and um, we help those that are underserved, and we try and give them a hand up. That's a third of a piece. The second third is I manage uh, a number of multimedia and entertainment personalities I manage their careers um, and help them move on and up in their industry. And the final third is I do a lot of corporate uh, consulting, um, strategic business planning, work with executive teams on their presence um, and how to give them a leg up uh, against their competition. So that's what I do. You led with the charity work that you do. A lot of people who come on the podcast say the same thing, and I'm interested in hearing your take on it. The importance of giving. Oh, without question. Um, you know, the, the biggest rewards come um, from the projects I work on where, where I give or uh, where a team of people um, give. You know, I love to get involved in the community. Um, I'm a big believer in a hand up, not a handout, by mm-hmm. the way, and work with organizations that have the same um, philosophies. So, you know, the rewards I get are, are huge. And by the way, my network uh, in St. Louis in particular has grown, you know, two or three fold in the last five years just from that charitable uh, work. Has it always been something that was very important to you or was there something along the way that was the aha moment in your life? Um, you, you know, I, I think it's both. Um, it's always been important, but there was an aha moment that came and, um, you know, I've always given to those in an organization as a, as a professional mentor or as a coach and always gave of my time. But it wasn't until I got later in, in my career that I was able to give more than my time. And um, once I was able to, to do that, you know, it was a light bulb that, that really went off and said, hey, I, I need to be dedicating a third of my life to these kind of projects. And it really does bring more fulfillment to your life. Oh, without question. Without question. Yeah. Gives you a different perspective too. Okay. So now you are all about the strategy, finding the strategic way to get noticed. And that's why we're bringing you in when we talk about the resume, the interview technique, because yes, for the, the college graduate who's listening to the podcast, this is great advice for you, but I'm really thinking about if And there's a lot of people in this situation. If, let's say, I lost my job today, Mike, I would have no idea where to start with a resume. There's a lot of established adults, professionals who are blindsided by something that happens on the job and they're found trying to find another career, you know, making that career pivot and how to start, how to put it all together when you haven't put together a resume in decades. What do we need to know? You know, not one resume fits all situations. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, my media clients, 
the resume is, is basically a demo reel or a sizzle reel, um, which is more of a, a video presentation. But for most of us, you know, a resume really needs to reflect the industry that we're in um, in a language that's on the resume and the way it's constructed needs to, to follow suit. So, you know, for example, if you're in a, in a business environment, um, you know, the format typically goes career summary, um, my competencies, my accomplishments, and then you start getting into your, your experiences, your roles and responsibilities. And, and by the way, before I go any further, um, when we're done, I'll, I'll put templates of everything that we're talking about out on Talent Boulevard on a resource tab so um, the audience oh, can go out and look at some examples of what I'm talking about. Okay, awesome. We'll link it to the show notes. Perfect. Terrific. So the resume has got to reflect the industry. If you're in engineering or in product development, you know, things like patents and trademarks um, are really, really important. If you're in sales and marketing, uh, revenue um, and margin is, is real, real important. So you, know, you just have to understand first and foremost what needs to lead, and then you can build your format that really tells your story. But is it still like we were once taught it's on a one sheet, clear, concise? It depends on where you are in your career. Okay. So, you know, my resume floats between three and four pages these days, but it's it's just because I've been around for a while and had okay. a couple of jobs in a few different industries. My son, uh, 27-year-old uh, sales and marketing professional, his resume has just gone to two pages. And... Um, He's been wildly successful locking up interviews, and it's really because of his format and his ability to get his story way up front in the resume. Okay, because I can imagine, and nowadays too, where I think it's a little bit different, I don't know, you can validate this or not, they really do want to open up the pool of resumes. So to make yours stand out, is it more challenging? Well, I think it's easy Um if you get over the first hump, and so let's, I mean, let's talk about that okay. for a moment. You know, most of, of what happens today is taking place online, you know, mm-hmm. the initial screens. People are going through the Indeeds, the career builders, the LinkedIn's, um, and they're finding these opportunities. And they're applying online, and one of the questions or one of the documents you must upload is your resume when you do that. And... You know, those are all AI, artificial intelligence. They're, they're out there looking for language in that resume, and they pre-populate fields. You know, the days of having this really visually appealing resume are being superseded and, and obsoleted by this computer technology that's just lifting language, populating a field, and completing an application for you. So in relationship to my 27-year-old son's resume, really what we did was we just built a really small career summary um, that talked about what his next steps are uh, from a functional responsibility. He wanted a sales and marketing role. And then we built out the competencies and used that specific language that he was looking for. So resume is not necessarily a looking back document. It's a looking forward document. Ah. Okay. And what we did was put that looking forward language in his resume. And he went from getting no hits to getting six and seven interviews a week because of that competency language that got pushed way up front. Wow. It really is the choice of words then. 
Without question, without wow. question. Uh, it, it was a game changer for his job search and career transition. When the resume gets to a recruiter, actually gets to, to um, a human being, and they say that the that, that typical resume in that first screen gets about 17 seconds. Ooh. So um, in 17 seconds, you've got to be able to tell your story. And that's what's really important once you get past that, that first screen. So how do we do that? How do we make the most of the 17 seconds? I'm a big believer that, you know, competencies drive um, the interview process. It's not necessarily those experiences. It's how your competencies, what you do, is transferable to your next role. And okay. we talked at great length about transferring skills. And the last time we were together, it's really, you know, if, if you know how to merchandise in a retail environment, how do you merchandise in social media? And uh, how those skills, those merchandise skills, are transferable and how you tell that story is critical um, and that's why competencies and objectives need to be way up front, uh, even before your individual job experiences. Ah, okay. If you're into um, a sales or marketing role, you know, what, what are your sales companies? Have you led sales teams? What is your demand generation? They love the term demand generation, which is basically just how much more revenue can you generate for them? Um, and what are those examples? Those examples and that competency is more important than working for XYZ company um, mm-hmm. a lot of the times mm-hmm. because that's the competency they're hiring for. So if you can get that kind of language up front in your resume, uh, it's very, very helpful getting through the screening process. So you've done your career summary. You've done some competencies. Then any relevant accomplishments um, Come right after that in another section uh, if you've got accomplishments. Now, if, if you've been in the workforce five, six years, you probably don't have enough professional accomplishments to warrant its own section. So you might go straight into your experience at that point, and you can put accomplishments within each company in that experience section of your resume. All right. So let's say we successfully made it through We locked up an interview now. What do we need to know, the techniques? You know, the crazy thing about the job interview, uh, if it's face-to-face, it's a little bit different than over the phone, but you are getting what scientists call thin-sliced in three seconds when you're in a face-to-face interview. And it really comes down to facial expression. Um, The handshake and the facial expression uh, will lead that interview. and get you through this thin slicing that people do. You know, think about it when you meet somebody for the first time. You are really um, locked in to that handshake or that greeting and um, eye-to-eye contact. So, you know, that's where it starts. It's absolutely critical to start that interview off um, the right way in those first three seconds. Okay, so now see the handshake. That is something that we often debate on the radio morning show that I also host. What is a good handshake? Because some people, their handshake is just way too strong or some others, it's too weak. You know, I've also heard people say that the, 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 the part of your hand where your index finger and your thumb connect, that part should touch the other person's what 
What is your advice? What is a good handshake, in your opinion? Uh, firm. I like the word firm. firm. I, don't okay. like, I don't like strong. I don't like weak. I don't <laughs> like thumb to thumb. I, I, I like the term firm. I, I think that's, in, that's important. You know, supportive. So uh, it's this kind of handshake that you'd like um, as you greet somebody. Something that is supportive of you, shows some interest, and uh, really shows character and personality. I thought I was giving a good handshake, Mike, but I've been called out before because I will put my other hand, my free hand, and rest it on the back of their hand, kind of like a two-hand handshake? Yeah, probably not a great <gasps> first impression. Really? Sorry, Sandy. Sorry, Sandy. That pulls you in closer. Like, I, I feel close to you. I'm going to two-hand shake this. <laughs> it brings up a really good point. And uh, when I am professing, uh, coaching professionals, when they're doing an interview, or a, a job interview or just an interview uh, for a media personality. You know, it's really important to understand what your communication style is. I give them um, a link to a site called 16 Personalities. It's 16wordpersonalities.com. Okay. And in 10 or 15 minutes, you can get your personality type um, sent back to you in an email. And it talks about your communication style. What's super important to know about that is when you're in a job interview, you've got to size up the interviewer early on in the interview and try and meet their communication style somewhere halfway. Um, you know, my media personality clients, even all my sales and marketing um, clients that are out there, I'm working for corporations, they are very extroverted. Um, sometimes off the charts extroverted. And sometimes that really scares somebody that is introverted. So if you're interviewing with a general manager of an organization that is very introverted, you've got to meet their communication style somewhere halfway from where you are. So I got to refrain from going in for the hug is what you're telling me? Because I would probably do that too. I'm a hugger. Yeah, the hug and the two-handed handshake. <laughs> it's the you know. Italian in me. I just... <laughs> yeah, some people are going to love it, and some people are going to be, uh-oh. Okay. Where, where does this lead after the two-handed handshake? <laughs> yeah, the, the proximity, right? Personal space is very okay. for all of us. But then they say the fine line is you got to be yourself, though. Right. The authentic you uh, is really important, and it comes through. If you're trying to be something else, it, it doesn't work. And, you know, that's why, you know, I think that 10 or 15 minutes when we do a personality assessment really tells us a lot about ourselves. It tells us what our authentic self is yeah. Yeah. and how we need to communicate that in, in the right way. I mean, it, it, it's a great resource to have in your, in your toolbox and to know about yourself. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so we'll link that so you guys can all take the test. But how about how you sit you know, like I am one if I am in a meeting in an intimidating situation, which a job interview absolutely is, I will sit on the edge of my chair and lean, like almost lean forward. Gosh, I sound yep. like a creepy person now that I talk to you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the slight lean forward is really important. Uh, okay. That's the one thing that's good. Just don't grab their hands while you're doing okay. it. Okay. All right. <laughs> but that lean forward is really important. It shows interest. Um, you know, your facial expression that, that shows interest as well. Open body style. Um, very, very important. It really demonstrates that you're engaged, that you're there to learn, that you're there to share. Okay. 
See, these are little things that will make a big difference, don't they? Yeah, you're. Uh, yep, they do. They really do. They help with your body chemistry. Um, and again, you're you're being this whole time you're making that first impression. Yeah. And you're and you're being cut to, to determine who you are, what you are, um, your communication style. But don't a lot of bosses, when they're hiring, they understand these people are coming in, especially when they're young, just out of college. They're uncomfortable. They're nervous. They're insecure. Is there some forgiveness there? You know, there isn't. And I'll tell you what you need to do. That was not the answer Um, I was looking for, Mike, but okay. (laughs) Well, it doesn't because think about your first day on the job. It's going to be the same scenario all over again. And if you're... um, if you're uncomfortable um, in that interview process, you're going to be uncomfortable in that work environment uh, as okay. you start to orient and acclimate. So the most important thing that, that people can do to develop their interview skills is to videotape um, themselves and play it back, look at their body language, the, the uh, chemistry, look at their facial expressions, look at how they present themselves and their ideas it's the number one thing that you can do to improve your interview techniques. So do, do some role play, get your selfie stick out, um, take some video with your phone, play it back, and I guarantee you'll get some nuggets that'll be really important to your next interview. And you got to do it over and over so you get those jitters out, those uncomfortable yeah. jitters out. Without okay. question. Things that you should say questions that are still often asked that we can that you can help guide us into the best answer so this is where i do most of my interview coaching with clients okay Um, we we have a tendency to talk uh, about our our competencies or our skills but we don't tell stories and really the storytelling is super important so today uh, depending upon what type of interview environment you're in most companies are doing behavioral interviews So it's the question that starts with, tell me about a time when, um, and it might be that you, tell me about a time, Sandy, you had a disagreement with your manager, or, you know, tell me about a time when you were feeling harassed in the workplace, or tell me about a time when you had a short deadline. Um, Those are called behavioral questions, and they're looking for how you respond um, in those situations. And go out on on Google and Google behavioral interview questions, and you'll see lists of them. Um, You'll see 200 types of behavioral questions. But if you look really closely, there's about five or six themes to every one of those questions. Okay. You know, how do you work under pressure? When have you had a disagreement? You know, those types of things. Okay. So these are questions that we really have to spend time, dig deep, and, and think about. What, what I do is I've got a list of those behavioral questions, and I've got standard answers that uh, I've tackled these kind of situations in my career. Okay. We all have. And when you see those questions, if you spend 10 or 15 minutes, um, you'll be able to come up with examples. Um, I also take the job description for the job, the roles and responsibilities that I'm interviewing for, and I break those down into situational um, times in my career where I've been in that situation Mm. and had to resolve those. I'm a big believer in threes. We can remember three things when we're under pressure. We can't remember four or five or Mm. six or eight. 
So the three things that I always think about when I'm in an interview in answering a question is the SARs, the situation, action, and result. So, you know, Mike, tell me about a time when you had a conflict with your manager. Yes, Sandy. So last year, we were going to, to market with a campaign, and it was an important campaign with our number one client. My manager wanted to do X. I felt Y would be better. So in an effort to be supportive of both, I engaged these people, put together a budget, and we accomplished both my manager's objectives and mine, and it resulted in a 17% sales increase. Mm-hmm. So okay. I just talked about the situation, the action that I took, and the result. If you have that methodology uh, in your toolbox when you're going into an interview, you will be head and shoulders above your competition. Okay. Yeah, because they're looking for solutions, right? They're looking for an employee that's going to provide solutions and not problems. Yep. They're looking for situations, the competencies that you mm-hmm. have to, to go into those situations with a positive result and the result. Is there anything else we should be aware of? Any other questions that will most likely be asked that we should prepare for? The dreaded salary question. Oh, yes. Oh, good. Gosh, I can't believe I didn't bring this up. Okay, yeah. How do we talk money? They're going to ask, so what are your salary expectations? And they ask that usually in the first interview or two or in in the screen. And the way to answer the question is always, you know, my salary expectations, Sandy, are really that um, my total compensation needs to commensurate with the role and the experience um, that's required to be successful. And it's way too early in the process for me to understand what that is. Total compensation includes many things. We haven't talked about my benefits. We haven't talked about vacation time. We haven't talked about bonus or clothing allowance. Um, it's really hard for me to answer that question. Do they really ask that in one of the first few interviews? They do. Okay. Um, They try and and figure out where you are in a range um, and whether or not your experience is commensurate and and your salary is commensurate with the position. A little nugget is there are companies that are gathering data for other organizations, two of them, Salary.com and Payscale.com. So Payscale.com looks at more than 3 million payroll records uh, every week, and they report back to companies um, what people are making in certain markets, in certain jobs, um, based upon X or Y experiences. And you can go out to Salary.com or Payscale.com, put your job in or the job you're interviewing for, And it'll give you a range of salary for people in that market. It'll tell you what the median salary is. And when you go into an interview, if that question, I don't know what my salary expectations are because I don't know enough about the job, doesn't work, then you can talk intelligently from payroll data. You Mm -hmm. can say, hey, Sandy, I see that the range in Charlotte is from $47,000 to $67,000. Uh, a year. I'm on the higher end of that because of these experiences. So my salary expectation is somewhere between fifty-seven dollars and $67,000, depending upon benefits. Now, what if they say, it's not in the budget right now, but we'll get you there? I would have a question about, 
okay, so I'm still interested, but let's talk about what that path looks like. Mm, okay. So there's a lot of things when I negotiate for clients that we talk about. Um, total compensation can include a sign-on bonus. It can include on a mid-year review. It can include a retention bonus after one year. There's all of these things that can be bolted on that aren't part of your salary, so it doesn't bump me out of the range going in, but I can have some financial benefit somewhere down the road. This has been so great. Thank you so much. And, you know, thank you for putting out information like this constantly on your social media platforms, too. So if you want to follow Mike McNamara um, or go to directly to the website, Talent Boulevard, you offer so much great insight. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. My clients are going through what everybody else is going through today. So, you know, by sharing, hopefully we can all be lifted up and benefit from it. Yeah. Thank you so much for giving us your time. You're awesome. Sandy, thank you. It was a pleasure speaking with you again. Next week on the Seven Figures Podcast, good friend Joe Solcihai from the Stacking Benjamin Show will join the conversation talking about MLMs, multi-level marketing companies. We hear so much about them. We see our friends posting about it, how great the job is. What should we really know, though? Is it too good to be true or is it as good as it looks? You have a fantastic weekend. I'll talk to you next Friday. We raise a glass and we say cheers to being financially confident women. If you have a personal finance question or feedback about the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to Sandy at sandy at rochesterbuzz.com. New episode every Friday. Listen, subscribe, and tell a friend about the 7 Figures podcast. Smart money strategies for women.